This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. The title of today's podcast is Moral Outrage is Not Enough. So, another black person shot, abused, denied, demeaned, discriminated against, again and again and again. Yes, moral outrage over systemic racism is a wonderful thing. It's good that people are outraged again at the abuse and the murders at the hands of a police system that was originally designed to protect us. It's good as well that there's moral outrage over the continued disparities, the implicit bias, and the educational, political, social, and economic restrictions that advantage those in power while restricting and disadvantaging people of color. There should be outrage. We would lack humanity if we were not outraged. But how many times have we been outraged over the last 20, 30, 50, 400 years? Hell, how many times have we been outraged in the last year? Just as St. James wrote that faith without works is meaningless, moral outrage without results is meaningless. Moral outrage without a change in policies, procedures, laws, and regulations is meaningless. Ibram X. Kendi writes, What if instead of a feelings advocacy, we had an outcome advocacy that put equitable outcomes before our guilt and anguish? What if we focused our human and fiscal resources on changing power and policy to actually make society, not just our feelings, better? What if we assessed the methods and leaders and organizations by the results of policy change in equity? So, let's define our terms. Again, racism is that which serves to disadvantage and restrict people of color in ways that advance the interests of those in power, who, by the way, are overwhelmingly white males. A basic tenet of critical race theory is this. Racism is normal. It's not an aberration. It's normal in American society. It is so normal, we don't see it. Racism serves to reinforce and advance white supremacy, white superiority. In other words, racial inequities allow whites to retain positions of political and economic power. And since there is little incentive for those in power to address systemic racism in any meaningful way, why should they change? What's in it for them? Yes, all people may be created equal, but it goes downhill from there if you're a person of color. We have learned that shaming doesn't work to address systemic racism. Name-calling doesn't work. Pointing out moral deficiency doesn't work. Appealing to people's sense of decency, fairness, and common humanity doesn't work. Making podcasts don't work. We are outraged, that's fine and good, That's a starting place, but outrage that does not lead to meaningful change is of little use. Another tenet of critical race theory is this. Meaningful change, 
change of policy, procedures, laws, and regulations will only occur when it coincides with the interests of those in power. Change will occur only when it serves to advance the over-resourced, under-ethical white men of privilege. Change will occur only when it threatens the political and economic power of those in power. Until then, there is no incentive for change. Two recent examples. First is the state of Arizona. In 1983, President Reagan signed into law a bill that created a national holiday recognizing Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It was observed for the first time on January 20th, 1986. However, the state of Arizona would have none of it. Instead of a Monday holiday, they made it a Sunday event where people didn't get the day off. They decided to, quote, honor, unquote, the entire civil rights movement. It was only when the National Football League and other events decided to pull out of the state, resulting in massive loss of revenue, were the good citizens of Arizona struck with a vision of moral clarity. The scales fell from their eyes. Glory, hallelujah, they saw the light. Amen? In the same way, despite years of protests, over the racist team name and logo, the Washington Redskins insisted that their name was a tradition and that change would not be eminent. In 2013, team owner Dan Snyder said, We'll never change the name. It's that simple. Never. You can use caps. Apparently never only lasts seven years. And apparently tradition has a price tag. After the murder of George Floyd, sponsors began pulling their support and another economically driven moral epiphany occurred. Another light was suddenly seen. The team is now known as the Washington football team. Was that really so difficult, Dan? The resource-hoarding white majority might throw out some crumbs. They might do little things to make us think there have been change. They might hire a person of color here or there, have somebody sit on a board, create a scholarship, include a multicultural course, or require another academic standard related to diversity. These are all good things, but they are, in fact, window dressing. They might make white liberals, like myself, feel a little better, but in and of themselves, they do little to address systemic racism. And at the end of the day, there is no real change in the system. Sadness and outrage are natural responses to immoral conditions. This is a starting point, but not a desired end state. Not even a means to an end state. If we can just change people's hearts and minds, people say, we can change things. So the thinking goes. But I say, keep your hearts and minds. Give me laws and regulations instead. Moral outrage by itself will not bring about systemic change. We need to recognize first that racism is a virus infecting all our systems, social, judicial, economic, political, 
and educational systems, and specifically our special education systems. But the goal is this. The goal is social justice and racial equity. That's our goal. The objectives are the specific steps we need to get there. What some of these specific objectives are, are the topic of the next podcast. This has been the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Until next time.